Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, October the 11th, 2022, and so glad you found it. Good morning, Miss Betty. Good morning, Linda and Lee. Good morning. <clears throat> Hope you guys are having a good morning so far, good week. We, uh, we are walking our way through the book of Psalms, so we're in Psalm 25. We'll probably continue that walk through Psalms until we get to closer to the Advent season, right after Thanksgiving, and we'll probably switch to a uh, some kind of Christmas Advent devotional uh, time. But we may just go back to, uh, who knows, but some, something uh, around the Advent season. Um, but yeah, glad you found us. We also do a reading from C.S. Lewis each day, too, so we'll wrap that up this morning, or we'll wrap up our time today with a reading from C.S. Lewis. Uh, the one today is entitled Tender Words. And so it's always a good little thought-provoking uh, word from him. Great uh, turnout for the iRise charity golf tournament yesterday out at a Countryside Country Club. Uh, Cody and Kristen did an amazing job with that, and all the volunteers that were out there. A lot of base, I saw a lot of familiar faces out there. Um, it was a beautiful day for it. I hobbled along with my gimpy knee. For, uh, for four hours, four or five hours. That was awesome. Uh, but all for a great cause. So, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Karina. Good morning, Stephanie. Glad you guys are on. Good morning, Ann. Yeah. So we got uh, got some Louisiana folks on the on the on this morning up in uh, Indiana and Ohio. Virginia. North Carolina. Some South Carolina, man. We're like all over. I don't know about if we're all over the if we're nationwide live, but we are certainly Southeast and even Midwest. Yeah. So, all right, you guys, let's do it. Um, yeah, and you guys, if you you notice, we're kind of a little different, giddy up here. We I, I got moved, got kicked out of my other spot. Chrissy's like, I'm tired of using my kitchen table. You have to go over here in the corner. Uh, this will work out all right. I got to get it's a little dark. I need some light over here. So I feel like I'm kind of, uh, especially with the sun not yet up, it's kind of dark over here where I am. If you're on the podcast, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Just trust me. Just needs a little more light. But All right, let's do it. Let's, uh, you know what we do? We read. We pray. We change the world. Let's do it. Psalm 25. Good morning, Mark and Diana. Karina, good morning. All right. Or I'm sorry, not 25, 26. We did 25 yesterday. Psalm 26. Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. Now, already, just that line, you think this is a this is a person who's writing from a perspective like, God, I'm I'm doing everything I know how to do. 
So I, my guess is this psalm is going to be, there's going to be a little bit of complaint in it. Like, um, how many of us have ever prayed a little complaint? Lord, I've tried my whole life to serve you. Lord, I bring my kids to Sunday school. I bring my own self to Sunday school. Lord, I go to church. Lord, I read your Bible. Lord, I call on your name. And then usually following that is some sort of complaint, right? And uh, we've all done it. We've all been there. When things, you know, when you get uh, knocked down, you want to you wanna complain to, the God, to God, to, <laughs> to the God. You want to complain to the Lord. Lord, why? What's going on? And already, just after this first line, you kind of have a feeling that's where this is headed. Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. Prove, prove to others that I've lived the right kind of life before you. Vindicate my faith in you before others. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Now, let's... Okay, first of all, um, how many of you know that's probably... Now, this is going to sound funny, but how many of you know that's probably not 100% true? I mean, it's the Word of God. It's true, but it's poetry, right? So he's saying, vindicate me, Lord. I've lived a blameless life. I have trusted the Lord and have n- n- never faltered. <laughs> I think we, you know, but sometimes we feel that way. God, I've lived a, I've lived a holy life. I've been a, the ideal person every day, 24-7. Well, I mean, there was those few days you weren't so great. But you get the gist. It's the psalm writers expressing... I've lived faithful. I've lived it for you. I haven't turned away. And perhaps that's what maybe more what he means by I did not falter. I didn't turn away. Even though, even though I may have struggled from time to time, I never turned away from you. I didn't falter in my trust of you. Verse three or verse two. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. That's a great prayer. Test me. Examine my mind and heart. Mm. I was talking to someone, uh, um, I think it was in our small group discussion last weekend, we were talking about, um, you know, just applying the Word of God and asking ourselves after we read things in the Word of God, how, how do we live this out today? What does this mean for us today? And, um, and whatever the passage is, whatever it is in the Bible that you're reading I can't always tell you exactly what it means to live a particular passage out today. Some things are very obvious, but some, you know, it's, it's personal. What does it mean for you to live this out, to be faithful to Jesus with what you've just been, uh, what's just been revealed to you through his word? Um, so you should, sometimes that's very, very personal thing. But I can tell you this, it's always the right question. The right question is always, Lord, how do I live this out? In light of what you've shown me, Lord, now how do I live this out? What do, what do I need to arrange, rearrange, prioritize, um, emphasize in my life to be faithful to what you revealed to me in your word? And so here, this is a great prayer, right? Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Examine me. That's always a good prayer. Verse 3, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love, Hesed, your unfailing love, and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. And I think he's probably saying throughout his whole life, right? His whole life he's been mindful of God's Hesed love, his unfailing, unending, merciful love. 
I do not sit with the deceitful, nor do I associate with hypocrites. Hmm. Also good. <laughs> also a good thing. <laughs> I do not sit with the deceitful. So if some people are lying, carrying on, acting crazy, making junk up, I ain't going to play around with that. I'm not going to hang out with those who deceit, who are deceitful, who uh, have no moral integrity, uh, who uh, who do not have a, a sense of uh, Christ and his will and purposes in their lives. I'm not just going to hang out with that. Mm-mm, no, not going to hang out with the deceitful. They, and I'm not going to hang out with hypocrites. Hmm. Which the church, church also often gets that sort of punch, right? Hanging out with, you know, I'm not going to church because that place is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Well, have you been to church lately? <laughs> Most of them are pretty honest about their brokenness. <laughs> uh, that stereotype that, oh, yeah, everybody, every church just drunk, goes around like they're perfect. No, they don't. You ain't been to church in a while, have you? That's obvious. Whatever stereotype you took from the 1950s about people being in church and acting like everything's fine, they ain't been like that in a long time. Ain't been like that in a long, long time. Now, just because just because you got some guilt and shame in your own life, don't mean you need to project that on the whole body of Christ. Because ain't nobody. Ninety nine percent of the people at church are very honest about their brokenness and their need for Jesus. They got a few that may be a little holier than now, but you got that everywhere. So you blaming them for being holier than now? You trying to act like you're more sinful than everybody else? I'm so mean. I always love that when people are like, oh, yeah, if I went into the church, that place would burn down, man. I'll tell you what, I've done so many things in my life. Man, if I went to church, man, that whole building lighted to strike that place down, man. Man, you ain't that impressive. I mean, I hate to, hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you, but Jesus seen much worse than you, man. You've seen much, he, he's seen much worse than you, and he saved much worse than you. So just get over yourself. Get your butt in church. <laughs> but there ain't nothing in there but a bunch of hypocrites. They ain't been to church in a while, have you? And that, that's, a, that's a tired, old, worn-out, lame excuse. Have to you don't have to dig in the drawer for another excuse. Cause that one ain't that one ain't no ain't very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do not sit with the deceitful nor do I do I associate with hypocrites. I abhor the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I ain't gonna hang out with wicked people. That's what the songwriter saying. I ain't gonna do it. I ain't going to hang out with those who do evil. And I refuse to sit around with a bunch of wicked, crazy people. <laughs> uh, you know, so far, so good, you know? I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling of all your wonderful deeds. Man, that sounds like something we all need to be doing. Washing our hands in innocence and going to the altar of the Lord, proclaiming aloud God's praise and telling of his wonderful deeds. Yeah, 
How about we do that today? Why we we go out and proclaim the wonderful deeds of God? Proclaim the wonderful deeds of God with the way we live, with the way we act, the way we treat people, things we say. Proclaim the wonderful deeds of the Lord. Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. He loves the temple. He loves the temple. Where does the Lord dwell now, guys? He He doesn't dwell in a temple made with human hands. This guy, he writing before Jesus and the and the and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the the Lord God Almighty does not dwell in a structure made with human hands. He dwells in the heart of the believer. Yeah, he dwells in you. Think about that. The living Christ. Christ that walked physically on this earth for 33 years. The spirit of Christ, the, the physical body of Christ is no longer here, obviously, has been re- ascended to the Father, just at the right hand of God the Father. But the spirit of Jesus, the same spirit that was active in the physical body of Jesus when he healed and preached and proclaimed and uh, spoke the truth of God and brought the kingdom of God everywhere he went, the same spirit of the physical body of Jesus, that spirit that was in Jesus that enlivened his physical body, is now alive and available to every person who's been filled with the spirit of God. That spirit dwells in you, the spirit of Jesus. But here the psalm writer is saying, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. Do not take my soul along with sinners, my life with those who are bloodthirsty. So save me, Lord. Save my life. Help me. And that's kind of where he's leading, right? All of this, the beginning of the psalm you read, right? It's kind of precursor. Like, I've lived a, a blameless life. I've trusted you. Um, test my heart, Lord. See, I've, I've lived a good life. God, I've, I've tried to serve you. I've tried to do the right thing. I don't sit with deceitful people. I don't hang out with evildoers. I, uh, I wash my hands with innocence. I, I, go to the, I go to church. I worship you. I proclaim your praise in, in, uh, in words and deeds. I love your house. I love the people of God. So, Lord, please, please don't take my soul away with the sinners, my life with those who are bloodthirsty, in whose hands are wicked schemes, whose right hands are full of bribes. Lord, protect me from those who want to bring me down. That's what he's saying. And maybe that's you today, man. Maybe you feel like you're just under attack. Spiritually, maybe personally. And you're like, God, just keep me, guard my heart, guard my family, guard my kids, guard my loved ones. Keep us from this attack. Verse 11, I lead a blameless life. Deliver me and be merciful to me. Yeah. Lord, be merciful to us. Help us. My feet stand on level ground. In the great congregation, I will praise the Lord. Hmm. What a great concluding statement of faith right there, right? Like, you know what? I like I like the resolve in that. The, I like the resolve in that, 
verse 12. He's like, Lord, I've been serving you. I trust you all the days of my life. You know, I don't, I don't hang out with wicked people. I, I ain't my, 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 ain't my jam. I love your house. I believe in the power of God. Protect me. Have mercy, mercy on me. But, you know, here it is. My feet, this is where my feet going to be planted. My feet going to be planted on level ground. In the great congregation of the Lord, I'm going to praise him. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm going to be planted. You know, sometimes you just got to tell yourself that. You got to speak it to your soul, right? Like, look, I, I know I've been going through a lot of stuff. I know, you know, wave after wave has been hitting me. But you know what? You got to speak to yourself, your soul. You'll be like, hey, soul, this is what we're going to do. I know you've been wandering. You've been waffling. You've been wondering. But let me just make this straight to you. We're going to stand. We're going to plant our feet in the assembly of the congregation, and we're going to praise the Lord. That's what's going to happen. I know it ain't been easy. I know it's not been easy. I know we're going through a little, little, uh, little tempest here, a little turmoil, but let's get this straight. Let's don't get this twisted. Let's get it straight. We're going to praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you ever sit down and give yourself a talk? Do you ever sit down and give yourself a talking to? <laughs> you be, you know, just like be like, straighten up. Sometimes I tell myself that, bro, you need to straighten up. Just quit your moping and straighten up. <laughs> Put yourself together. He that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. So just straighten yourself up. But you turn that frown upside down. <laughs> if uh, if the same spirit that rose Jesus from the a, a bodily death is living in you, then you can get through Monday morning. So straighten up. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes you gotta just tell yourself. You just gotta talk to yourself. You gotta let the you know you gotta let the spirit speak to your own soul. Spirit, spirit of God saying, you know what? I love you. God loves you. I'm with you. And you may think you're not weak. And, you may not think you're not strong enough to get through this. And you you may well not be. But the spirit of God in you is strong enough to get through it. It's unconquerable. The spirit of God. It's unconquerable. It cannot be broken. Now, human spirit can be broken. You can break a human spirit, but you can't break the spirit of God. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for being on. Let's jump over and see what C.S. Lewis has to say today. Let's read it. This is good work from Psalm 26, man. It's a good reminder. All right. This is uh, C.S. Lewis, October 11th, reading Tender Words. This is from The Problem of Pain, uh, which was his work, remember, that he... Uh, wrote kind of dealing with the issue of suffering and the problem of suffering in the world. And how do you reconcile that as a person of faith? It is, so tender words, it is just here where God's providence seems at first to be most cruel, that the divine humility, the stooping down of the highest, most, uh, most deserves praise. So God becoming... Um, a human being. The stooping down of the highest most 
most deserves praise. So the, the fact that God would come down low deserves praise. We are perplexed to see misfortune falling upon decent, unoffensive, worthy people. Yeah, we hate to see good people suffer. We are perplexed that uh, this kind of misfortune would fall on good, otherwise good people. And maybe you feel like you maybe you this morning you feel like you're on the receiving end of that. Yeah, well, exactly. Just like the psalm writer, why are these bad things happening to me? So we're perplexed on how misfortune can fall upon decent, unoffensive, worthy people, on capable, hardworking mothers of families, or diligent, thrifty little tradespeople, on those who have worked so hard and so honestly for their modest stock of happiness and now seem to be entering on the enjoyment of it with the fullest right. So that finally things are finally going well for them. They've been working hard. They've been studious and intentional and dutiful. 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 <laughs> Beautiful, dutiful. <laughs> I just worst time just sometimes words when they just come out of your mouth sound funny. Or maybe words when they come out of my mouth sound funny, but uh dutiful sounded funny. Dutiful. It sounded like I meant to say beautiful, but it came out dutiful. Well, she's so dutiful. But dutiful is a thing too. Dutiful. Like duty, you know, goes about their work. Anyway, I digress. Um so they're, they're finally getting their modest stock of happiness and now seem to be entering, in, entering on the enjoyment of it with the fullest right. They deserve it. They deserve to have some good things happen. How can I say with sufficient tenderness what here needs to be said? Hmm. So he's like, I'm about to say something that's not going to be fun to say, but I got to say it. It does not matter that I know I must become, in the eyes of every hostile reader, as it were, personally responsible for all the sufferings I try to explain. Just as, to this day, everyone talks of St. Augustine, St. Augustine wanted unbaptized infants to go to hell. Hmm. St. Augustine was crazy. He wasn't crazy. He was awesome, but he, you know, everybody got some crazy things. So he's like, so, so as a Christian, sometimes we feel like we've got to explain all the evil of the world. Like, we're responsible for it. Like, we somehow got to explain it. We got we to gotta give account for it. Like, why, how bad things happen to good people. Like, we we responsible for it. Well, hold on. Just let me implore the reader to try to believe, if only for a moment, that God, who made these deserving people, may really be right when he thinks that their modest prosperity and happiness of their children are not enough to make them blessed. Mm. That all this must fall from them in the end, and that if they have not learned to know him, they will be wretched. Whoa. C.S. Lewis is saying, look, just let me hold on. Let me hold on here. I know. So you look at someone's life, you know, they've worked hard, they've done all these good things, they've a quiet, modest life, and things seem to be working out for, well for them, and they've got it all together. And you're like, why would God allow any kind of pain to disrupt what they've so rightfully deserved and worked so hard for? And C.S. Lewis says, can, can you just entertain for a second, just one second, just entertain this thought for a second, that if, let me use a biblical analogy here, that if a person gains the whole world but loses their own soul, what have they profited? That's what he's saying. He's saying you got to realize that in the, uh, the eyes of God, that, that tidy little easy life may look good, but if that tidy little easy 
unperplexed life is based on something uh, without God, is that God is not part of it. I mean, he's saying God may indeed be saving them from an eternity without him by drawing their attention to what's missing. And what if they have not learned to know him? They will be wretched. It's true of all of us, man. You can have everything. You know, the most important, sometimes we think, man, I, I want this, I want that. Look, if you've got Jesus, you've got the most important thing. Like, really? Like, I wish I had a better job. I wish I had a better house. I wish I had a car that didn't break down. I wish I had better this. I wish I had more, a relationship that was more stable. I wish I had, you know, people, I, I wish, I wish. Look, if you have God in your life, you have a relationship with Jesus. Could you just entertain for a moment that you have the most important thing? You do. In the end, and what C.S. Lewis says, in the end, all these other things will be stripped away. That's the reality, guys. All these other things at the end of the, at the end of time, and that's why the, that's why in I think Second Timothy or First Timothy, it's in the book, one of the red letters of Timothy. Paul talks about the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches is this, that we, we, we pad our lives with all these things, and this padding of our lives with all these things gives us a sense of security and permanence. But in the end, all of it goes away, and that's the deceitful of rich, this deceitfulness of riches because it, 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 um, it, it, it intoxicates us into a false sense of security because in the end, Look, not to be so, not to be ominous, but here, but but to be truthful, in the end, it's just you and Jesus. And at the end, if it's just you minus Jesus, you're wretched. But in the end, if it's just you and Jesus, you've gained everything. Yeah, you've gained everything. And therefore, he troubles them, warning them in advance of an insufficiency that will one day they will not they will have to discover. One day they will have to discover. The life to themselves and their families stands between them and the recognition of their need. He makes that life less sweet to them. Wow. The nice little tidy American dream, you know, house, wife, kids, husband, whatever, as the case may be, picket fence, a little dog that obeys and doesn't poop in the house, you know, all the things everybody hopes for. Maybe a few chickens in the backyard. Sometimes God inflicts a little pain into that little utopia, takes a little of the sweetness away, so you realize what you ultimately need is Jesus. Because in the end, after your 60, 70, 80, 90 years, whatever it is, we're not even promised that, but whatever it is that is allotted to you, all of that will go away. And if in the end, it's just you and Jesus. And so along life's path, if God causes this little utopia to be a little less sweet, so you realize, wait, I need Jesus, that's actually a really good thing. It's actually not evil at all. 
it's one of the most loving, kind things God could ever do. Hmm. Awesome. All right, you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for being on today. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the very insightful uh, thoughts from C.S. Lewis today. Lord, thank you for uh, your word. I pray you would just use it to touch our hearts and encourage us today. Lord, I pray for my friends. Some are going through some great things. Some are going through some hard things. Some are just kind of in between right now. Lord, we know that the uh, true sweetness of life, the true sweetness of uh, existence is a relationship with you. And one day, that's all we're going to have. And so, God, we cling to you. We cling to uh, you and uh, your word and uh, your presence in our life. So, Lord, bless, encourage, strengthen each person today according to your uh, mighty power. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for being on today. Thank you for spending time to in the Word and in conversation and contemplation of the truth of the Word. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow morning, same time, 7 o'clock. Thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thanks for sharing this. Thanks for um, subscribing, for liking it, commenting, all those things, man. Thank you. Get the word out. Appreciate it. Uh, we're almost down to 30,000 downloads on the podcast. So the more you share it, the more you let people know about it, the quicker we get there. So we're like 29,000-something. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right, you guys. Love you guys. Have a great day. We'll be back at it tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.